So Money episode 1005, Allison Baggerly, founder of Inspired Budget. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. I know I didn't grow up in a poor family, but I knew I was growing up in a in a family where money was tight at times. And it shaped me and it shaped the way I want my children to feel about money and the way I want my marriage to be around money even. Our guest today is famous for her budgeting prowess. Allison Baggerly from Inspired Budget joins us on So Money today. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Allison and her husband paid off over $100,000 worth of debt. How did they do it? And what was life like growing up in Texas in a household where money was tight, as she described? What sort of impact did that have on her relationship with money and the relationship she now wants to have with her finances and her her marriage and for her children. Here's Allison Baggerly. Allison Baggerly, welcome to So Money. Thanks, Farnoosh. I'm so excited to be here with you. I love a good financial triumph story and your journey of climbing out of a hundred and eleven thousand dollars worth of debt. You and your husband, all as you're expecting your first child. Can't imagine that was a fun thing to be doing as you're expecting. You've got enough on your plate. But now here you are, fast forward to today. You've built this incredible community, Inspired Budget. We're going to talk about all the fun things that you've got going on right now. And by the way, your Instagram is super fun to follow. But let's go back in time just a bit and talk about that period of time when you did have the debt. And how did you arrive at six figures worth of debt? And how did you strategize to get yourselves out of it? You know, my husband and I, it was mostly student loan debt and car loans. And when we found out we were pregnant, we realized on two teacher salaries, we could not make the $800 daycare payment. There was not extra money in our budget. And our, you know, pregnancy brought us by surprise. And I just had a basically a minor freak out moment where I was like, something needs to change. If we're going to be good parents and be able to provide for our child, then you know, we have to do something different. So after the hormones wore off and the shock wore off, we sat down and figured out like, okay, we were paying over $1,400 a month in minimum debt payments, which was more than our mortgage. And so that's where we decided this is where we're going to start. We're going to start by writing a budget and paying off this debt, even though it is going to take us what felt like forever at the time, we decided, you know what, we have big goals, we have big dreams, and we're going to do it. And your first step was to educate yourself. (laughs) You said you grabbed a Snickers and got to work. (laughs) Um, What were some of the books that you read? What were some of the resources that you tapped into? If you had to go back in time and shortcut it a little bit, what would you go right to? Because that was just what was so impactful for you. The most impactful things were actually just step-by-step instructions on how to write a budget. I had never written a budget before. I was tracking my money, but 
even if you track your money, but you don't actually look at it and find patterns and find habits, then you, you know, they're not going to be able to do anything to help yourself. So I would get on the internet. I would read about how to budget. I liked finding examples of budgets that way I could try to see, you know, am I on the right track with this? And then I would consume podcasts like crazy, which your podcast was a podcast I used to listen to whenever I would like want to fall off the wagon of getting out of debt. I, I would like binge your podcast. And when I started inspired budget, I told my mom, cause my mom's the one who told me about your podcast. I don't know how she found out about you, but she's the one who said, you need to listen to the, to Farnoosh. And I would go walking and listen to your podcast. And whenever I started inspired budget, I was like, one day I'm going to be on Farnoosh's podcast. You just watch mom. Well, here we are. When you text, when you uh, emailed me, I got on the phone and called my mom. I said, guess whose podcast I'm going to be on. And she goes, Farnoosh. I was like, yes. I've actually been following you for many years. I just didn't want to fangirl and come off as like a clingy fangirl. (laughs) No, never. This has totally made my day. You've completely surprised me. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that I was able to be there for you during those, those moments. And so now what were some of the challenges along the way? we were on this journey for four and a half years. You know, that is a very long time, especially when you're just starting out and you have all these hopes and your dream, these dreams and you're newly married and you want to travel. It felt like all of that was put on hold. And so there were times whenever, you know, we had to completely pause paying off extra debt so we could stock money and savings because we had, um, you know, we ended up getting pregnant again. So we ended up having two children while paying off debt and paying those daycare costs. We had different situations that set us back, but there were, and there were times where we wanted to give up, but we chose not to give up. And it very much was a choice we made. And the cash envelope system took work. I have an issue with spending money. I love to spend money. And I see now that I had patterns of overspending previously that I did not even recognize. And so the cash envelope system helped me take back control of that spending and feel more in control of my money. We should mention you did this all on two teachers' salaries. (laughs) Clearly they had to be trade-offs. Yes. What were some of the things that you cut back on? Oh my gosh. We cut back on cable. We, we were the people that canceled cable before it was cool when, you know, everyone had like the satellite dishes on their roofs and we had the antenna, the the bunny rabbit ears antennas, because we couldn't justify it. Whenever our health insurance went up a hundred dollars a month, I said, we have to cut a hundred dollars out. And that's when cable, you know, we cut it out. We cut back on a lot of entertainment. We, we took vacations to see family. We called them vacations, but we were just visiting family in different parts of our state. So we were just very, very intentional about, about planning to pay off this debt before our children grew and became older because I thought this is the perfect time. When they're young, even though they're in daycare, when they are young and they don't remember these sacrifices, when they are young and we can then take them on trips when they're older, that was my vision. That was my goal. And so it actually wasn't as hard to sacrifice as I thought it was going to be. It was a little bit more difficult dealing with people's reactions to our sacrifices. 
I'm glad you mentioned that because we sometimes skip over this real situation, which mm-hmm. is that you're trying to save money. Your friends don't really understand. Can you talk about how to get out of that sticky situation? I think there's such beauty in the in being vulnerable and being honest about what you're going through because when you're able to do that and people see, instead of just making an excuse of why I can't do this, but being vulnerable and sharing, you know, this is the struggle we're going through right now. And this is the path we are taking to get out of this struggle. And I appreciate your support and encouragement on this. I think that a lot of people will be a lot more understanding than if you just trying to push it under a rug and say, oh, you know, and, and come up with an excuse. And so we were just very honest. We were very vulnerable, um, especially me, my husband, not so much, <laughs> but I felt I knew that there were other people dealing with this situation and hiding from it. And that if I was talking about it, maybe their eyes would be opened too. Were you able to save during this time period or was it that all that you could really do was focus on getting out of debt? Well, so in Texas, teachers have a pension. So our part of our paycheck automatically went to this retirement savings. And then we did have an emergency fund. It wasn't as high as I would have wanted it to be, but we always kept $1,000 per person in our family. So we had anywhere between $3,000 to $4,000 in an emergency fund. And then we saved for things like Christmas, um, birthdays, things that we knew were going to be coming up like car maintenance, but we weren't contributing to Roth IRAs or, you know, any extra retirement savings like that. Also want to mention you took on some side hustles. Oh yeah, we did. Let's break this one open. Tell me exactly what you did because, you know, I'm doing the math, $110,000, four and a half years completion, getting out of debt. You got to be making some more money. So what were you doing? Yeah, it's they're glorious and super exciting side hustles. My husband drove a bus. Like <laughs> we had no shame, um, you know, as being a teacher and he was he's a band director. He was required to get a certification to drive a bus. So he said, hey, I'm going on these trips. I might as well drive the bus. And he would make $50 every trip he took. And there were times he would drive two times a week. And so we would take all of that extra money and put it towards debt. He taught summer school. I taught summer school. I would tutor in the summers for $50 an hour because I knew I had a skill. I knew parents wanted that skill. And so I was able to tutor my own personal students during the summertime and make really good money from it. And eventually you paid off the debt and you quit your job. Yes. You had a higher calling. All of this, this journey inspired you to land on a new endeavor. This is getting us now to Mm -hmm. talking about Inspired Budget, your new platform. Tell us about it. It's really funny because I fell in love with budgeting whenever we were paying off debt. Like a a weird amount where I was kind of creeping people out that I would talk to about it because I had such a passion for it. And I knew there was something bigger there, but it was something that just caught me by surprise that I never imagined that I would have a passion for. And we, we became debt free and I thought, okay, well, this is it. We could become debt free. And I no longer talk about budgeting and paying off debt and saving money, but I couldn't stop talking about it. And one day my cousin-in-law said, Allison, you know, we've all heard your story. We've all heard you talk about this. 
you need to tell other people because everyone in the family here, when you come to celebrate Easter and we're all together, we've all heard this. You need to reach out to other people. And two weeks later, I started Inspired Budget because I realized, you know, I was going and I was sharing my passion with people continuously over and over again and basically annoying them. It allows me to take my talent for teaching because, you know, I do I have a talent for it and my love of budgeting and put them together to help specifically women who feel overwhelmed, who are tired of living paycheck to paycheck, who know they have something better out there for them when it comes to their money, but they aren't sure how to get there. I help them with it. You know, what's funny about budgets is that we hate talking about it, but we also love talking about it. Oh, yes. (laughs) We hate the word, but we love the game. Mm -hmm. Talk about what you teach people and what is your approach to budgeting? I mean, we know your personal strategy for getting out of your own situation with debt, but people can sometimes feel overwhelmed with so many tools, resources, strategies, spreadsheets. What is your secret sauce when it comes to budgeting? I think the secret sauce is knowing your money. You know, there's, you can have as many apps or as many spreadsheets as you want, but if you don't really know where you are sending your money and you can't say, you know, I am spending, you know, X amount of dollars on restaurants each month, or I'm going to Ulta and overspending this amount in each month or on an average this month. If you can't do that, then any budget you're going to write is not going to stick. You're not going to be able to stick to it because it's not going to be realistic. But when you can face your truth and sometimes facing the truth is hard because it it sucks and you might be disappointed in yourself. But if you can face your truth and then move on from there and know your finances inside and out, then it doesn't matter if you use an app, a spreadsheet, if you handwritten budget, you will find the tool that works for you only if you know your money inside and out. Where do you think most of us are overspending or or not spending very consciously? Mm, I would definitely say our our wants. So my want might be different than yours. Like my want, I hate cooking. I hate it. I want convenience. I want it done for me. And so that is my my trigger point is I will pick up food. Um, I also want makeup. (laughs) Like my trigger point is Ulta. So I think it lies into what is it that you want? And then taking, taking that and acknowledging that you tend to overspend in that area. And then even going so far as putting, putting obstacles almost in place so that you don't overspend in that area. And then even changing out what you're viewing on social media. So you're not tempted to overspend in that area will help people. There's also the school of thought that we concentrate too much on the little things, but really where we spend most of our money, housing, food, gas, cars, that's where we can make some significant dents when it comes Mm -hmm. to saving money, adjusting those bigger purchases, those bigger expenses. Did you and your husband make adjustments in those bigger spending areas as well? You know, what is so awesome is that we started our debt-free journey when I was, oh my goodness, 25 years old. So we had, we learned about budgeting and the proper percentages 
wages and living on less at a young age. So we never, by the time we were ready to buy homes, by the time we were ready to, you know, sign up for some of those big ticket items, we were educated and we knew what we could afford. So we never went and purchased a home that was way outside of our means. You know, I drive a 10 year old car. My husband drives a 12 year old car and we were able to move forward from that starting point. It's actually nice because I think, you know, most couples, they get married, they build debt together, and then they have to figure out a way to tackle the debt. And sometimes one person's on board and another isn't. Whereas our family started with, we, we got married, we realized, oh my goodness, we have this debt that we came into this marriage separately with. And then from there, we decided to tackle our debt. So none of our marriage did we really live extravagantly or outside of our means because we started at the very beginning. And now today, how has your mindset around money changed, if at all? Uh, you know, I assume business is growing and you're in a much better place financially. Are there new goals, new ambitions you have financially? I mean, financially, we would love to build up retirement and ultimately pay off our house. We still don't have our house paid off. Um, you know, we paid off all of those student loans and all of those car loans. I'd love to pay off our house and save for our children, but then also travel. And when I say it all out loud, it can seem so overwhelming because I think, oh my gosh, we have all these things we want to do. We need to make a fortune to do it. But I realized through, through this entire journey in the past eight years, one thing I think it really boils down to is that's a feeling. And over time, just through through this entire journey, through just being married and through years and years and hours of therapy, I've learned that my feelings are not facts. And in these moments, I need to call my feelings out for what they are and then say, okay, well, what is the fact that that is true? What is true here? And even though I feel like I have all of these savings goals and all of these things I want to achieve, it can feel like a mountain. It can feel unrealistic. But the fact is, is that I can do it. And so I need to not let my feelings get in the way. As I'm sure you know, a lot of our feelings about money today stem from how we were raised, right? Our experiences in childhood. So would love to ask you about a memory from childhood that impacted the way that you grew up to approach money, think about money, things like that. Any stories, good or bad? Yeah, this is going to be a hard one. Um, you know, we grew up in an average family in our area, and there were times whenever money was strapped, as I'm sure most you know, most people can relate with. Um, there was a time whenever I was going into, I think it was sixth grade, and it was the beginning of school. And we didn't have, um, for some reason, we didn't go back to school clothes shopping. I'm not sure if maybe we didn't have enough money or what was going on there. But I remember, you know, kids grow. I'm sure, you know, Farnoosh, they grow so fast. And I had one pair of overalls that fit me. Um, it was the first week of school. And I didn't have anything else that fit me super well. And so I wore those overalls as overalls on the first day of school. And then the second day of school, I wore those overalls with a shirt over it. So they looked like jeans. And then I remember the third day of school, I wore the overalls again. And I was re-wearing this pair of overalls, but trying to play it off 
in this social situation that, okay, you know, these are different pairs of clothes. And I remember people calling me out on it. Like, why are you wearing the same thing over and over again? And I went to my mom and I said, you know, this is happening. I just, I really need new clothes. And she found a way to get me the clothes. Um, but it was really hard. And it was in that moment that, you know, I know I didn't grow up in a poor family, but I knew I was growing up in a, in a family where money was tight at times and it shaped me and it shaped the way I want my children to feel about money and the way I want my marriage to be around money even. Wow. I was really there with you <laughs> on that story. That's uh, that is moving. I think that's very relatable too. Mm-hmm. We've all been or know of that kid in school, right? We went to school with this kid or we were that kid mm-hmm. who, whether it was, you know, had the same outfit on days in a row or had, in my case, you know, there were many kids in my classroom had the subsidized lunch. They would get the lunch cards in the morning. And that for some kids was traumatic. We've had Mm -hmm. guests on the show talk about that experience and how that really did weigh on them and make them feel in some ways less than poked fun Mm -hmm. at all because their parents were receiving subsidies. But I guess now as an adult, you do have the power to look back on that and use that story for good and for change. And you mentioned you want to create a different life for your kids. What do you want their relationship with money to be? (laughs) Well, it's funny you ask that because this is where I'd like to pretend that I have it all together, but I'm going to be real with you. (laughs) Um, I don't. In fact, like two years ago, you know, we, we talk very openly about money in our family. We talk about budgeting. We have weekly family business meetings. And a lot of times our kids are there for them. And, and we, we don't shy around it. You know, it's not whispered around a corner. We, we discuss it out loud in front of our children. And we have since they were little. And one day I got the electricity bill in the mail and, you know, I thought maybe it was going to be $150 is what I budgeted. And it was, you know, it was way over, but it was way over what I estimated. And I remember opening the mail and getting the letter and saying like, oh, this sucks, you know, because I, I had to pay more, which was fine. We had the money. And my son, who was five at the time, he said, oh, mommy, I can help pay for that. Don't worry. I'll give you some money. And I was like, oh my gosh, does my child think we're poor? because we talk about money all the time. Here I am thinking I'm doing an amazing job because we're discussing money and budgeting. But I realized that that moment I was projecting that because we were talking about money, we didn't have money, which is not true. So I was like, okay, we need to back up and try this again. (laughs) So we're still working on it. Um, We do want our kids to know to hear us talk about budgeting, we do talk to them about, you know, oh, well, this is how much we have in our restaurant's budget. And we used it up on this earlier. So we have to wait until payday. And that, you know, that's okay. And then we also give them allowances and encourage them to save up and buy things instead of, you know, mom and dad always buying everything that they want. Yeah, that is so fascinating how they are filtering all of this information. Mm -hmm. And some of the best financial advice I ever got about raising money savvy kids is that it's less about what you say to them, although in this case, sounds like your five-year-old is quite the sponge. It's more about how you behave Mm -hmm. in front of them. So, you know, going to the grocery store and having a list and negotiating with, you know, whoever you are and having your kid watch that. 
um, I think is sometimes a lot more impactful mm-hmm. and sends good messages. Uh, but yeah, those kids are, uh, they're sponges. I've got a five-year-old at home. I know exactly what you are talking about. <laughs> yes. And whenever you get a little bit of distress over a bill that was just a little bit more than you thought, they'll jump to serious conclusions. <laughs> totally, totally. Okay. So now, Allison, I was snooping around your Instagram and I discovered that you have this thing called Inner Circle. Yes. All right. So tell us about that. That sounds pretty cool. Oh my goodness. I love it so much. I've had a budgeting course in the past and I felt like I gave people a course and then I walked away and I was gone. And I always felt so much guilt because I enjoy helping people. You know, that's definitely a passion of mine. And I want to walk alongside people and be the person that I needed eight years ago when we were just starting out and not really sure what on earth we were doing. So instead of just having a course that you walk through, I have a membership program where I give you a lesson every single week. And we talk about different things. We talk about budgeting, saving money, paying off debt. And it's just a lesson every single week. It comes with printables. It comes with videos. And if you do the homework, you know, you're making progress on your financial journey. So it slowly builds up over time. So that way you can truly build solid financial habits so that you can reach the dreams that People have these dreams that just seem impossible, but I want them to actually be possible. So it's really just a wonderful way for me to have an, have, be an accountability partner for people who need the help. And I want to be able to give the help. So it's been awesome. I love that. Tell us how we can join or or where we can join. Yeah, you can go to inspirebudget.com and join the wait list. I only open the doors a couple times a year so that way I can really focus on the people that join in and you can join the wait list. I'd love to have you. All right. We'll put that link on our site as well. Allison Baggerly, thank you so much for stopping by. Everybody check out Allison on Instagram, her website, Inspired Budget. You've also got the inner circle. Thanks so much. And congrats to you and your family. Thank you so much. Thanks so much to Allison for joining us. You can learn more about her on her website, inspiredbudget.com. And definitely follow her on Instagram. A lot of insights, as fun as budgeting can get people, at inspiredbudget. All this information is at somoneypodcast.com. And while you're there, click on Ask Farnoosh and leave me a message for our Friday episodes. Anything that's on your money mind, a question that I can help answer, I want to be here for you. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And I hope your day is so money. Money.